I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. talks with the candidates about the issues important to you. This week, the 4th District Race for Congress. Well, I have to be honest with you. We are still waiting to make a connection with Congressman Ben McAdams, who is seeking re-election in uh, Congress. He'll be joining us here shortly. And uh, once he does, we will ask him questions about what's campaigning like. The point of this segment, which we call A Day in the Life, is an opportunity for for you and I to listen in as candidates peel back the curtain a little bit and look behind the scenes. They've had plenty of time to share their positions, their views, uh, and in particular in the 4th Congressional District race, there uh, are plenty of TV commercials for you to watch to if you you lean on uh, ads like that to learn about the candidates. They have websites and all that, all their issues and Positions are there. You can look at their track record. Uh, But one aspect of campaigning that uh, always intrigues me is uh, what's the day to day like? You wake up in the morning and what are your objectives as you seek office? How is it that you go about uh, communicating with would-be constituents, uh, with would-be supporters of yours? How do you convince them? Uh, What are the mechanics of a day lived as a candidate like? Uh, And so while we wait um, for Congressman Mick Adams, I want to then take this opportunity uh, to, to share one last thought I had on the debate of last night. And it specifically comes to the role of Susan Page, the USA Today reporter who served as moderator. Now, you may have caught this on Facebook already. Uh, Your uncle may have sent you uh, uh, an email forward about this. And it is that in the summer of 2021, that a book will be released. A book uh, which is, in fact, a biography of the life of Nancy Pelosi. Do you know who, who... authored that book? Yeah, Susan Page, the moderator of last night's debate. How does that strike you? Is it possible, you know, simply due to politics and where people stand, and uh, I, I think it is very safe to assume that Speaker Pelosi will be a, uh, and has been, an ardent supporter of the, of the Biden-Harris campaign and will continue to support uh, here until and through the election? And well beyond. Should the fact that Susan Page authored that uh, Pelosi biography, should that have disqualified her from uh, working and serving yesterday as a moderator? Would it have changed anything? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know. There is one, uh, there is one little detail that uh, your, your uncle's email forward may not have included. 
Uh, I got uh, one such email forward just yesterday, and it said, oh, how can this be? This is just terrible. And I do understand the argument. I understand that should should Democrats uh, take control of the White House, retain control of the House, that the that the position of Nancy Pelosi will only be elevated. And so Democrat victory could arguably be arguably be of financial benefit to the moderator of last night's debate. But but here is the little detail uh, that may not be uh, included in the, the email forward you got from your uncle. And it is this. As soon as I caught wind of this, uh, I went on to Amazon. I thought, you know, I'd like to I'd like to just know a little bit more about this book. My, my first question was, is it an authorized biography? Did uh, did Speaker Pelosi participate in the uh, drafting of this biography of this book. I, I haven't been able to answer that question because I don't have the book in hand quite yet, not released until next year. But what I did learn as I made my way over to Amazon was that Susan Page, who is not only the uh, Pelosi biographer, but she also she also wrote a biography for none other than Barbara Bush. That's right. Now, does that change anything? Does that change the tone of your uncle's email? You know, it's uh, probably safe to assume uh, Barbara Bush's politics. And I'm not sure that uh, that that necessarily means anything. But it's an interesting uh, an interesting reality. And I can see very strong points being made on both sides, how it may have and may should have been a disqualifying factor. uh, But due to the fact that she has uh, kind of split her energies when it comes to writing biographies uh, on both sides of the aisle, uh, maybe it's no big deal. I guess the proof is in the pudding, and that pudding would be the job she did last night. And as you heard me mention before the break, the time divided, the time spent speaking as divided between the two candidates of last night, uh, Mike Pence and Kamala Harris, it was remarkably even. 36 minutes and 20 seconds uh, for both candidates. The, the, the difference was only three seconds. I think it was, I think, I think Kamala Harris had three extra seconds of talk time uh, over Mike Pence. Fascinating. And if that was her main job, to, to uh, present even time for the two candidates, well, shoot, mission accomplished there. Uh, you, can, you can debate about uh, follow-up questions and uh, attitudes and uh, interrupting Pence all you want. But uh, if the objective is to give candidates equal time to present their responses to questions, uh, mission accomplished. Uh, time is tight. We have a few minutes left to get to this segment of A Day in the Life. Uh, joining me now to wrap up the segment is Congressman Ben McAdams. Congressman, how are you, sir? Goodly, how are you doing? Uh, I'm all right. You got any thoughts on last night's debate you want to share with us quickly? Uh, you know, I think it just shows what a low bar we've set. I was happy that nobody got into, like, fist fights and they weren't yelling and talking over each other too much. And, you know, that I get, that's such a low bar. But what, what I was disappointed in is that uh, we didn't hear more about how people are going to bring the country together. What are we going to do to work together, put partisanship behind us, and try and uh, move forward and help this country heal? And the thing that I was looking for is, uh, either side to talk about what they're going to do about the national debt and the deficit. That is, uh, for me, becoming it is you know clearly becoming a bigger and bigger problem. And uh, neither side seemed to recognize uh, the deep hole we've dug ourselves into. That's a great point. Now, I, I would, in defense of the candidates, point out that I, I didn't hear a question along those lines asked by Susan Page. Right. In that setting, when an issue is so important and pressing, do you think the candidates bear a responsibility to bring it up on their own and sidestep the questions? 
Well, I will say neither candidate seemed to care what the question <laughs> was. They were going to get in their talking points regardless. So, you know, I guess I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, listen, time is extremely tight. The, the the topic at hand here is a day in the life. The segment we've been doing, we've been talking to candidates. Uh, I am always curious about uh, what your life is like as you campaign. We, we know your positions. Uh, we have access to your issues page on your website. We're familiar with your voting record. Uh, but what we don't know is uh, when it is time to hit the campaign trail, uh, you wake up in the morning. What's a typical day in the life? Well, I always say that the best thing I can do to campaign, the first and best thing I can do is to do my job, to keep working hard and not really put uh, my job, my day job, which is representing and being a voice for people from Utah as a member of Congress, not put that aside, but keep doing that. And uh, and people are going to judge me on how well I've done my job. And so uh, you can't let that slip. Well. Uh, it looks like we lost the congressman there. Uh, t- time has expired anyway. Maybe we'll look for an opportunity to, to wrap up that conversation further on uh, down the road. My apologies uh, for cutting the congressman off there. We're going to take a break, though, right now. And when we return, I want to share with you some of what we learned this morning during the governor's press conference. Uh, appearing there was the governor himself, also state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn, and a newcomer to the press conference from the governor, uh, Dr. Emily Spivak is an associate professor of medicine uh, at the University of Utah. Division of Infectious Diseases is where she works, and she had some an emotional, an emotional presentation and plea for mask wearing and for getting the hospitalization rates down uh, and the ICU uh, occupancy down uh, because it is taxing not only the occupancy of beds, but also the healthcare workers tasked with caring for the sick. How is hospitalization, how is capacity looking statewide? We'll speak with Greg Bell, president and CEO of the Utah Hospital Association, next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.